1: Episode 233 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you by my cloud accounting software choice, FreshBooks. They've got a free 30-day trial you can jump into right now. No obligation whatsoever. Check it out for 30 days. And my guess is you'll find it's just the solution you've been looking for. FreshBooks.com slash read to lead.
0: to your childhood think back to maybe before you had kids what were those things that you loved doing because there's probably some iteration of that that's still true today hello
1: and welcome to the read to lead podcast this is the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth you see i believe that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life then things like intentional and consistent reading are a must I say often that the Read to Lead podcast is going to help you narrow your reading list. And by that, I mean I'm curating the books you need to pay attention to. But I'm often told by friends and listeners as recently as this past weekend that all I do is help grow people's reading lists more and more. And all I want to say to that is, well, I guess there are worse things in life. (laughs) In a moment, you and I will be joined by Jessica Turner. She lives right here in my town, Nashville, Tennessee, and she's authored a couple of books, including the brand new book, Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. Now, I know what you may be thinking, Jeff, I'm not a working mom, or Jeff, I'm not married, or Jeff, I don't have kids. Well, here's a surprise. I'm not a working mom, and though I am married, I don't have kids. And guess what? I got tons out of this book, but as you listen in, I want you to be considering if you're not a working mom, who you know, who is, who might this book be a godsend for and listen with that set of ears on. Sound good? Well, when Jessica arrives, I'll ask her to share about how to take inventory of where you or that person you love is as a working mom and what that means for dealing with the mental load that you may have going on, Uh, the importance of self-care and why that's something that has to be taken seriously, tips for better connecting with your kids and much, much more. You know, it wasn't until I started using it that I realized how it was going to help me better connect with my clients. What am I talking about? I'm talking about my cloud accounting software. Not only does it help me keep on top of what's coming in and going out of my business, it helps me maintain better relationships with my clients. That's right. In addition to helping me in my business, it's making my client's job easier as well. There are several cloud accounting solutions out there, but the only one I've ever used is FreshBooks if you're serious about running a business and it's time to get serious about your accounting solution. And the beauty is you don't have to take my word for it. You can try it yourself, use all of FreshBooks features and do that for as many as 30 days before deciding whether or not it's something you ultimately want to use. So what does that mean? Well, it means no obligation, no credit card required at sign up. get in there, dig around, see if you like it. And if you don't, no harm, no foul. To find out more, go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and be sure and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section so they know where you came from. That web address, one more time, is freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Jessica Turner is the author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book, The Fringe Hours, and she's also the founder of the popular lifestyle blog, The Mom Creative. Uh, She's an award-winning marketing pro, a sought-after speaker, and a freelance writer. And she's also been featured in media outlets like The Today Show, O Magazine, and Inc.com, among others. Her brand new book out today is called Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. And I'm delighted to have her here. Jessica, welcome officially to Read to Lead.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here.
1: Well, I thought I'd have you start off by talking about some of what you uh, address right away in the very beginning of the book. This need to evaluate where you are as a working mom is sort of your first order of business. And then what you call that sort of mental load that comes with things like also being oftentimes your home's manager.
0: Right. Well, you know, it was really important to me So I work full time in corporate America, in addition to running my lifestyle blog and writing and speaking. And I didn't want the book to just be my story of being a working mom with three kids, but really a story that would relate to any working mom in any setting, whether that's full time, part time, at home and an office, anywhere in between. And so I think evaluating where you're coming from was really important as you set out to read the book. And so I ask women a lot of questions about what does life look like for them. And part of that was understanding that term mental load, which honestly was a new one for me. I don't know if you were familiar with it um, mm-hmm. when you were reading through the book, but it's that concept of invisibly remembering and noticing all the things. And, you know, that's like the light bulb is out I, we need to get new light bulbs and we need diapers and I need to make that sports physical appointment for my son and all of that. And, traditionally that falls on the woman's workload in the home. And so this mental load ends up feeling like another job for women. And so having some context to what mental load is so that then you can say, you know what, I'm doing a lot of this right now. You're married. You can say, hey, can you help me with this? Can you get this? I noticed this was going to, you're still carrying a lot of that load, but asking for help can be really helpful.
1: Jessica, what are some of the things that you recommend to moms for setting themselves up for success? You you talk about, some of these in chapter two?
0: Gosh, there is so many things that women can do to help them to not feel so overwhelmed. And so we talk a lot about in the book goal setting. And I think that's a big one that a lot of times women feel like there isn't time to goal set, that Mm -hmm. it is something that's you know, out there for other people, but when they're in the thick of it, they don't have time to do that. And I think it's really important to make that time to say, what is it that I want my life to look like? What is it that I want to do in my career and sit down and practice doing some goal setting? Because when you can stay focused on what it is that you are trying to accomplish, it's going to be a lot easier for you to say no to the things that aren't helping you achieve that goal. Mm.
1: Well, I want you to talk about some of the emotions that that working moms tend to grapple with, Jessica, and any any practical advice you have from your experience for for managing that.
0: Oh, goodness. There's so many. So I surveyed 2,000 women Mm. as part of the research for this book, and they're all working moms. And Ask them what their biggest pain points were. And in addition to things like managing their homes and practicing self-care and creating boundaries at work, it was emotions. It Mm -hmm. was feelings of guilt and frustration and comparison and exhaustion. And we go into these in depth in the book, but I'll say for guilt, which was really the biggest one for women, is there's two types of guilt. There is the type of guilt that can help you to make a change. So if you're always feeling guilty about missing a child's event, maybe you look at adjusting your work schedule and seeing if you might be able to get a little more flexibility so you can be there. You work one longer day so you can work a shorter day and you can pick your child up or something like that. So sometimes that guilt can prompt us to make a change in our life. Now, other times that guilt is self-imposed. We are telling ourselves a lie. There's nothing (laughs) you can do to change it except changing it yourself. And so I think it is recognizing when... Those types of feelings are coming forth and they have no merit in your life. Nobody has actually said that you're a bad mom. That's something that you have put on yourself. And so in that type of thing, it really is just a shift in mentality and thinking.
1: Related to that, I think for many moms, uh, not that I have any experience with this, but <laughs> taking time for themselves can often feel selfish. Share some of your thoughts on the importance of things like you know self-care and, and, and some of the recommendations that you make in, in the book in that regard.
0: So my whole first book, The Fringe Hours Making Time for You, was actually dedicated t- mm. to this topic of self-care because it is so important. And the survey I did for Such Too Thin, four out of five working moms said that self-care was the hardest thing for them to make time for. Mm. So it really is a big one. But it's that oxygen mask philosophy, right? That <laughs> if you put on your oxygen mask, then you can take care of everyone else around you, right? And so that's what we have to do. That is what's going to make us the most successful business women and wives and moms and friends is by taking care of ourselves. And so in the book, I talk about the different types of self-care, because it's much more than, you know, the joke of manicures and massages, right? Like (laughs) this is real stuff of taking care of your body and making time for doctor's appointments and exercising and drinking water and getting sleep and making time for those passions. I spoke at a conference once and was speaking specifically on the idea of identifying your passions. And I asked the women in the audience, when was the last time you lost track of time doing something that you loved, which for me was last night when I stayed up reading a, a book a little too late and a woman raised her hand and she said, I think it was before I had kids. And mm-hmm. I said, well, how old is your oldest child. And she said 14. Oh boy, It had been 14 years since she lost track of time doing something that she loved. And so if that is your story, I would just encourage you to think back to your childhood. Think back to maybe before you had kids. What were those things that you loved doing? Because there's probably some iteration of that that's still true today. Or look at the magazines that you're consuming. If you're reading a lot of home magazines or food magazines or watching a lot of Food Network, you know, that might give you some indication of what you might enjoy doing. But making time for those passions is really fulfilling and really has a direct correlation to your happiness and your health.
1: You know, I thought it was interesting to read. You talk about seeing the benefits of your work is, is not always easy as, as a working mom. What, what should working moms keep in mind to help remember uh, their work's value even when it gets hard?
0: Yeah, I think first and foremost is remembering your why of why it is that you work in the first place. You know, for a lot of women, it's a necessity. 70% of American moms with children under the ages of 18 work. And I think for a large majority of us, that is the financial benefits. But there's other benefits as well. You know, when we work, we have the opportunity to use our talents. I know I work in corporate marketing, and there is no place in my home that I could use marketing talents in the same way that I do in my office and in my career in healthcare. I think friendship is another big one. A lot of women work with other people. And when you're at somewhere 20, 30, 40 hours a week, that's an opportunity to connect with other adults and cultivate really meaningful friendship. It's also a really positive impact on our kids. And I think we don't realize that. I think there's this discussion in culture that, oh, if you're a working mom, that is not good for your children. But it's actually fantastic. I mean, data from Harvard shows that women who work outside the home Teach their kids that their work is normal, that they're going to be more likely to have work and earn higher wages than um, children who come from homes where their parents didn't work, their moms didn't work in particular. Men who are raised by working mothers are more likely to contribute to household chores and spend more time caring for their families. Like, it's incredible. Like, there is a real benefit to our kids, not just in the financial benefit, right? You know, in the moment of making sure that there's food on the table, but long lasting into adulthood.
1: Mm. I had not heard some of those stats. It's fascinating. I had sometimes hear critics say things like, well, you know, if you don't want to be a uh, stressed, uh, uh, guilty feeling working mom, then don't work. <laughs> and I, I appreciate what you had to say in regard to that, because it, it's so true.
0: Yeah. and And, and you know what? it's okay to like your work. It -hmm. is more than okay. Like that is normal. Nobody is saying that to men, honestly, (laughs) Um, no offense to you, but um, (laughs) it really is a conversation that seems to uh, be much more prevalent in Mm -hmm. the working mom space. And so I think it's important to change that conversation and I appreciate you having me on here, even though, you know, Stretch Too Thin was not your target book, probably, that you wanted to read.
1: Oh, I got so much out of it, though. I really, really did. Um, and, and, you know, it was one of those where when I first sat down to read it, you know, going into it, I thought, is there anything in this for me? But I found, uh, you know, though I don't have kids of my own, I, I am married, but we don't have kids. I mean, just giving me a, just a better understanding of women in that position, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, I love hearing that. Thank you for saying that.
1: Well, well, not every working mom has a spouse, of course, but but Jessica has dedicated a chapter in the book to investing in your marriage. Jessica, why was it important to you to include this particular chapter?
0: It was something that I really spent a lot of time going back and forth on because there are a lot of women out there who are doing this on their own, and I think that they are the strongest, most incredible moms mm-hmm. out there. But when I did that survey, two-thirds of the respondents so that it was difficult for them to invest in their marriages. And so with it being that big of a struggle to that many working moms, I thought I should talk a little bit about marriage and making time to invest in your spouse, particularly when you're feeling stretched too thin. And so um, I'm really happy that I put it in there. And a lot of early readers have really appreciated it as well.
1: Well, going back to something we were talking about a moment ago, and some of the guilt that can sometimes be associated with being a working mom and some of the emotions that have to be dealt with. Every working mom wants to feel you know, connected to her kids. But I think a lot of moms uh, second guess themselves oftentimes and how they're doing in that area. What, what have been some ways you've managed to succeed, Jessica, in, in truly connecting with your kids?
0: The biggest thing that I have learned, and this is backed up by data as well, is that it isn't the quantity of time that I have with my children. It's the quality of the time Mm -hmm. that I have with them. And so I try to be really present when I'm with them. Now, this, of course, doesn't happen 100 percent of the time. But, you know, my little boy this morning said, I want to snuggle with you on the couch. And I stopped what I was doing. I put down my phone and I just gave him that attention that he wanted. And so I think that's the biggest lesson for me is that when I'm present with them to really be present, you know, I get home from work between 5.30 and 6 every night and they go to bed at 8. So that mm. isn't a lot of time. And so I don't need my laptop open during that two, two and a half hours. I don't need to be responding to Instagrams during that period mm-hmm. of time. And so I try to be really present with them and really connect with each one of them during the time that we have together.
1: Mm. Now, speaking of of your home, how have you managed to, or have you managed to create a home that is uh, peaceful and, and organized? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. That is, so, so That is the biggest pain point for working moms is managing their homes. And so there's certain things that I think I do really well. Peace and organization, probably not quite as much. Um, but I've created some systems that really help keep our home running. I'm really happy with good enough is good enough. You know, I think at the end of the day, what my kids are going to remember is the time that we spent together and the memories that we made, not if the mantle was dusty. And so I, you know, I, I, I've i got some work in this area, but I think having systems in place really is helpful. And I use a lot of tools like Amazon and Grove Collaborative and Target.com to automate shipments of things. So Mm. we're never running out of toilet paper. We're never running out of, you know, baby wipes and that sort of thing, because those things are automatically coming. And I think, again, that frees me up. If we go back to mental load, I'm not having to worry about those things because those are automatically being delivered to our house.
1: I love that. You mentioned Target and it reminded me of something I saw. I think it was an Instagram story you recorded about finding out that your book was going to be carried in, in Target.
0: Yeah, so Target is a really special one for me because my parents actually met at Target in the 70s. Oh, wow. And my mom has worked for Target for 40 years. She still works for them. And so Target is literally in my blood. (laughs) And so when I found out that Target was going to be carrying it across the nation, I just went wild. I cried. Mom cried. Dad cried. We all cried. And (laughs) um, then it also got picked up to have a video on the back wall in electronics. So, you know, they have those really massive screens back there. And so for the next month or so, I will be back there talking about signs that you're a stretched tooth and mom shopping in Target, which I think is something we all can relate to.
1: Well, you mentioned friendships at work earlier. Talk about the importance of friendships outside of work and and what you do to maintain them. What, What advice do you have there?
0: I think you have to put it on the calendar. For a lot of us, we're so busy that between work and family and home responsibilities, it just seems like friendship gets put aside. And so I think you need to make it a priority. You need to schedule it. You need to schedule that time to get together, to use your phone and make a call for five minutes, because five minutes is better than no minutes, just to say, hey, I was thinking about you and I wanted you to know that you matter to me. And those types of relationships, can only be cultivated if you're putting time into them.
1: Mm, Well said. Well, I've got a couple of questions, Jessica, I want to ask you that uh, aren't directly related to your book. But before I do that, is there anything else from the book that you want to make sure that we know?
0: I think the biggest takeaway from the book is that you're not alone. And I love that this book, I think, does a really good job of that. That as women have been reading the book and early copies, they have said, you know what? It just helped me to see that there are lots and lots of moms just like me in the same situation, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stretched too thin. But I got a couple really key takeaways that have helped me be more present with my family, that have helped me put boundaries in place at work, that have helped me take better care of myself. And so that's what I'm excited about, that I think this is a really useful handbook and there's nothing else like it in the marketplace right now specifically geared toward working moms so I'm really excited about it and think that there's a lot of really good takeaway
1: I want to ask you, uh, speaking of books, about the books that you've read the last few years. Jessica, what are the books that are having an impact on you?
0: I think a big one for me was Eat That Frog, which is an old one, but it has really revolutionized the way I work. And so often I will say, "Okay, I'm going to eat that frog. I'm going to do that one hard thing (laughs) that I need to do. It's a vernacular that we use in my office. I share an office with two other women. And so we all talk about our frogs all the time. And so (laughs) that was a really big one for me. Um, I love the five second rule by Mel Robbins. I think it's required reading for anybody today. That was a real game changer for me and just her philosophy and Um, thinking about things has been awesome I'm also a huge fiction reader that's Mm -hmm. honestly predominantly what I read is fiction I loved the book this year An American Marriage I loved the book The Heart's Invisible Furies so I read a lot of fiction as well if you go on Instagram on book snobbery I'm always talking about the latest book I'm reading and it's usually a fiction book
1: (laughs) Well, I've had a chance to to see Jessica speak at a conference uh, at least once in uh, the not-too-distant past. Jessica, as a successful speaker, what are some of your tips for delivering an impactful and, and memorable public talk?
0: I think it's really important to tell great stories and to Mm. practice those stories so that other people can relate to you Mm. by hearing stories that sound familiar to them. I think it's really valuable to show photos. That's something that I do that I don't always see speakers including in their talks, but I rely heavily on images because I think images can really move us and can really Mm. help communicate a message further. And... Just be really thoughtful in the audience that you are going to be speaking with. I think it's important to speak to the conference planner or the organizer of the event and really understand who the audience is that you're going to be speaking to in advance so that you can really personalize your talk, uh, that it isn't just a canned talk, that every single one you do has something unique and different that's specific for that audience. Afterward, I think it's really important to say thank you, whether that's a written thank you or that's an email right away. Um, saying thank you is something that I think as a society, we don't do as much as we used to. And so I think it's really important to show gratitude for every opportunity that you have.
1: Well, now that the, the book is out, uh, beyond just uh, promoting it, which uh, I'm assuming you're going to be doing a lot of here in the coming days, uh, what's ahead for you? What's around the corner that, that you're excited about?
0: I'm really excited about all the speaking engagements that are coming. Mm down the pike. You know, it's so fun to be tagged on Instagram and be seeing the book in people's feeds. But it's even more fun to get to see those people in person and to get to talk face to face to people. So I love traveling and getting the opportunity to spread the message further, I'll be speaking at a lot of corporate events and, you know, CVBs and that sort of thing. And I'm just I'm really excited to be going all around the country and, and seeing faces to go along with this message.
1: Well, the book, again, is called Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. And her name is Jessica Turner. Jessica, thrilled to have you on today. Thank you so much for for rescheduling and, and your flexibility there and giving of your time today. I really appreciate
0: it. Oh, it was my great pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
1: You'll find Jessica on Twitter and on Instagram, predominantly at Jessica N, as in Nicole Turner. That's Jessica N. Turner on Twitter and on Instagram. For the links and resources discussed, like the books Jessica recommended and, of course, her book as well, visit the show notes page for this episode, readtoleadpodcast.com slash 233 for episode 233. And our latest review in iTunes comes from Andre, who gives Read to Lead five stars and calls the podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Andre. If you're so inclined to leave a rating and review in your app of choice, I say thank you in advance. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your health care journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.